What up? This is Sunday, April 4th. And this is your boy D. And I am the Hip Hop Republican. We want to bring some hip hop into politics. What you just heard was the guillotine off of the purple album, the purple CD, the purple tape, Raekwon the Chef featuring Ghostface, Wu-Tang, put your W's in the air. And so this week, I'm going to bring to you, I watched all of President Trump's travels to battleground states. Tuesday, he was in Florida. Thursday, he was in Pennsylvania. And Saturday, he was in Ohio. The battleground states. Those are the states that the presidential candidates battle for to win the presidency. No president has ever won the presidency unless they won Ohio. So the subject of my podcast is going to be the people who the president kind of insulted all week long. First, we're going to start with the LeBron James, Don Lemon. So LeBron James is from Akron, Ohio. What's up to the O, the former homeland. And he spent $40 million to open a charter school. So the charter school opened this week. So Don Lemon, the African-American, the only African-American prime time on CNN. You know, we don't have many African-Americans in the mainstream media. So he went to Akron and interviewed LeBron James at the opening. And LeBron said that the president was a divider. So, of course, the president had to come back and call LeBron unintelligent. He had to call Don Lemon unintelligent. He also the president also has a habit of calling Maxine Waters unintelligent. And. Uh, I'm a Republican and I like the way Donald Trump came into the game, smacking the status quo around. But there are also some things that the president does that I don't like and I'm not too into. I don't like the way every time the president has a disagreement with an African-American He challenged their intellect as if they're not smart enough for thinking for themselves or disagreeing with him. So I think that's an issue that the president's team should work on if they want to work on it. They may not want to work on it. Also, during the Pennsylvania rally, the president. sort of dissed Beyonce 
and Jay-Z for campaigning for Hillary Clinton. I believe the president was referring to the Cleveland State Rally and a couple of the rallies that Jay-Z and Beyonce had for Hillary Clinton, that their crowds weren't as big as his crowds. The president also referred to Bruce Springsteen, who also campaigned for Hillary Clinton. Beyonce, Jay-Z, Bruce Springsteen also campaigned a lot for Barack Obama. But it's, it's just so petty to even bring up those people when you're president of the United States and you live in the White House, you fly around in Air Force One, Marine One. It's just, it's, I feel it's wearing, it's wearing on the nation. At every rally the president does, now he talks about Somebody who came into this U.S. Senate chamber at 2 a.m. and thumbs down his Obamacare repeal and how that person is not a good person. That person is Arizona U.S. Senator John McCain, who is currently in Arizona in a battle with brain cancer. He was a prisoner of war, shot down in Vietnam. I don't it's so uncomfortable when I hear the president of the United States take a shot at John McCain. Not only does he take a shot at John McCain, but people cheer it. The president claims to be for the military and our armed forces. So how are you for our military and armed forces and you diss John, John McCain, somebody who was captured by the Viet Cong and tortured and would have been, I believe he would have been released, but he didn't want to leave the other men behind. Also, the president spoke about generals who asked him to take it easy on NATO. It's just like you know, we're so used to presidents having like advisors advising the president not to say this advising you know I'm reading a book called 
What's this book called? The President's Club by Nancy Gibbs and Michael Duffy. And I'm in the middle of it. And it's just wild. Like all these different presidents had relationships. They shared advisors. There's a chapter about Nixon, Gerald Ford, uh, Dwight Eisenhower, uh, Lyndon Johnson, JFK, Ronald Reagan. And these guys had advisors like James Baker. And I mean, all types of, I mean, if I could go on and on. And they wouldn't dare berate a veteran like John McCain. But that's where we are in 2018. Like you don't even you don't even hear Republicans say the name Ronald Reagan anymore or barely hear him say Lincoln. It's always all oh, the liberals. They blame it on the liberals. It's the liberals fault. The liberals are trying to. We're a better country than this. American values. Remember those? We used to be the good guys. Truth. Justice. And the American way. Henry Kissinger. I mean, you know, it's just unbelievable. Hello, this is D, the hip hop Republican. And I was telling you earlier about this book I've been reading, The President's Club. Inside the World's Most Exclusive Fraternity by Nancy Gibbs and Michael Duffy. This chapter talks a little bit about Nixon and Reagan. And this is like in 1964. It's called Nixon and Reagan, the California Boys. Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan defined Republican politics in America from 1966 until Nixon's death in 1994. Raised by religious mothers and luckless fathers, they both had roots in Southern California's conservative Cushable. Kush- this, this is August 5th, 2018. But like other men born under the same star, 
they functioned as much like rivals as allies over the course of their nearly 50-year relationship. And as both began to crowd the national stage, it became clear that their politics were nearly as different as their personalities. Where Nixon was a bloodless realist, Nixon was where Nixon was a bloodless realist, Reagan was an ardent optimist. Where Nixon was suspicious and calculating, Reagan was trusting and often naive. Nixon was never as personally popular as many of the initiatives he launched at home or overseas. By contrast, Reagan's policies were never as popular as the sunny persona he created through his speeches and stagecraft. Even after they left the presidency, one of them 14 years after the other, they took separate paths. One man lingered in the public eye of two decades, fighting for redemption. The other disappeared almost overnight. Their correspondence lasted 35 years. Their letters are always friendly, respectful, and proper, but they only begin to tell the story. This is D. I'm back. This chapter is called, You'll Have My Promise, I'll Speak No Evil, Ronald Reagan. Richard Nixon could not get through. On June, on the night, on the June night in 1966, that former actor, Ronald Reagan, had defeated all comers in California's Republican gubernatorial primary. Richard Nixon still stinking of the defeats of 1960 and 1962 could not rise the party's non-phenom on the telephone. Reagan had trounced, flattened is a better description, George Christopher, the moderate Republican mayor of San Francisco winning all but three of the state's 58 counties, and he very nearly won two of those. Nixon, the last Republican to win the gubernatorial nomination, was unable to get a congratulatory phone call through. The telephone lines from New York to L.A. were all jammed, as sometimes happened in those days. Western Union was in the midst of a strike. And so Nixon was forced to reach out to the Republicans' hottest property in the worst possible way, through the U.S. mail. Your primary race was conducted with great ability, dignity, and effectiveness, Nixon wrote Reagan, apologizing for resorting to the Postal Service. Your refusal to be baited into attacking your primary opponent tremendously enhances your chances in November. Trading 
desperately on their shared Midwestern heritage. Reagan was born in Illinois. Nixon's parents were from Ohio and Indiana. He added, I am sure you know the assault on you will reach massive proportions in the press and on TV as Pat Brown and his cohort realize they are going to be thrown off the gravy train after eight pretty lush years. There is an old Midwestern expression. My roots are also in the Midwest, which I would urge you to bear in mind as the going gets tougher. Just sit tight in the buggy. By the middle of 1966, Nixon had been courting and advising Ronald Reagan for nearly 20 years. But now Reagan's path began to diverge from Nixon's. And though both men took pains to discuss the fact, Nixon and Reagan were no longer allies. Instead, were headed for a brawl. What up? This is D, hip hop Republican. People hate that. Hip hop Republican. Because people are so enslaved to the Democratic Party. They have been taught for so long that the Democratic Party is for the good guy. You're not even supposed to think about another political party. It's all about marketing. They've marketed Trump is the Republican Party. All Republicans are, they're racist. They're trying to keep you down. The Democrats are the good guy. It's so old. Every every four years, there's some Democrat coming up talking about criminal justice is racist. Now it's Elizabeth Warren. She was in North New Orleans at D- Dillard University, a historical black university, and she said, Criminal justice in America is racist, front to back. But I've watched Elizabeth Warren because I live in Massachusetts. I've watched her since 2012. And you never hear her talk about criminal justice in Massachusetts. Never, ever. But now she wants to be president of the United States. And she's down in New Orleans where the community is mostly African-American. And she's talking about criminal justice reform. Oh, no, criminal justice, not even reform. Oh, it's not even a po- Oh, it's racist. Oh, look, everybody's happy. Look, she said it's racist. She said it's racist. Get out of here. Jive talking. And politics in this country... Oh, his 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 polls are higher than Obama's at this time. 
Obama's polls are higher than his at, at Trump's at his time. How old does it get? Oh, Trump's polls are higher than Obama's right now at the same period of time. Oh, Obama's polls were higher than Trump's polls in August. I've said a couple of times we're in April, we're in February, we're in August 5th, 2018. And American politics have just gotten so tired when you read about, when I read about in this book, The President's Club, about Reagan and Nixon going at it, giving speeches, talking about big issues. And then you look at today, 2018, where everybody has a phone, a computer, a typewriter, a video camera. Everybody is a radio station, television station. And we're lucky if we get a 5% turnout on election day. Candidates raising $10 million, $15 million. And if you dare ask a question about why, who, why, who, where, and why, they won't attack the person who's raising all the millions of dollars, they'll attack you, the little guy. It's like Americans' democracy has changed into like North Korea. We, we clap our hands for North Korea, a country who kept American POWs and some stories say they enslaved them. And now, nowadays we clap for North Korea. They get, oh wow, they gave us 55, they returned 55 POWs. There, there are 7,000 missing POWs from the Korean War, the American POWs, 7,000. And there are people in this country clapping because of 55 came back last week. 55. And there's still at least 5,500 missing over 70, almost 70 years. Like, what kind of, like, seriously. It's all about the primary. It's funny in Massachusetts how the media and the minority areas, shh, don't tell anybody, but all the minority areas, they don't have them focusing on the U.S. Senate race or focusing on the governor's race, which are the big races. They're focusing on DA races. Oh, how do you feel about criminal justice reform? They all feel the same, right? And then at the election, they all change back to put in people in jail. Non, a lot of time, nonviolent. I mean, yeah, some people deserve to go to jail. 
but some people the criminal justice became big from drugs nonviolent people and it's just out of control it has taken over communities even the president president trump had a meeting about it this week criminal justice but it ain't going nowhere it's only they're only bringing it up because it's that four year it's election time they only bring it up election time they don't realize like i mean if you 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 have nonviolent people somebody oh yeah he got caught with some marijuana to put him in jail taxpayers pay $40,000 full health insurance just some things I wanted to get off as we close out this third podcast And back to the John McCain thing. It's crazy how people just sit back and watch the president diss John McCain. A a POW himself fighting cancer. It's not okay. If you support your troops, if you support armed forces, it's not okay to diss John McCain. If you support democracy in America, it's not okay to diss John McCain because he disagreed with a a bill. That's what he's supposed to do as a U.S. senator. I see U.S. senator Senate candidates in mass. I haven't seen one, like name one thing you disagree with the president on. It's just too quiet. America has big issues. Hopefully, we can start addressing those issues. All I want to say is this is Sunday, August 5th, and everybody have a good week. And God bless you, and God bless America. United we stand, divided we fall. This is your boy D, hip-hop Republican in the house. Talk to you next time. Soon, very soon. Peace.